Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Nick Jankowski is here. In this episode, I was joined in a conversation uh, via Zoom with Ethan and Luke from Active Health Clinic, a couple of dietitians who work in the sports uh, dietetic space, really working to make practical informed decisions around our sports nutrition particularly in preparation for, but also during and post event. And in this conversation, we mainly focused on that preparation side of things. What are some things we should need to consider in terms of the pre-race strategies, carbohydrate loading, foods that we uh, should really target, and maybe some foods that we, we might wanna reduce in that lead up to make, make the most of our, uh, I guess, our energy stores and our glycogen stores, of course, but also minimize some factors that might influence our gastrointestinal upset, uh, symptoms during events, if you have any issues with that. We touched a bit on hydration as well uh, and a little bit on that immediately prior to the race. But again, this is very much preparation nutrition focused. We're definitely gonna have to follow up with the guys later on around what should we be doing during and post. But we thought you'd jump on, introduce the guys to you. It was a great conversation, some interesting ideas and definitely some really practical takeaways in terms of specific types of foods. I think that was a really interesting part of the discussion today. So hopefully you get a bit out of it. Um, Looking forward to sharing a bit more of what these guys do. We'll leave, as I said, all their details down in the description so you can go check them out and get in contact. Without any further ado, let's jump into our chat with Ethan and Luke from Active Health Clinic. All right, cool. Guys, thanks for jumping on uh, the podcast with us and, and joining us. Do you want to just give us a quick rundown uh, of first and foremost who you are individually, but then also uh, Active Health Clinic in general and, and what we can expect to, to hear from you guys? Yeah, sure, mate. Sure. So, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Luke Hassan. Um, I'm the lead dietitian at Active Health Clinic. We're a, uh, a private clinic placed in, uh, based in Blackburn, I should say. Um, and really what you can expect from us, um, I, I guess we have we have some experience within within ourselves as clinicians of um the exercise side of things, um, Ethan, who you meet in a second, has some really good personal experience in it. Um, but really for us, our, our main uh, sort of client base is, is really around that, that fatigue side of things, that uh, overtraining syndrome side of things. So what you're going to get from us is a really good mix of making sure you're getting the most quality performance that you can out of yourself from your, from your fuel, from your nutrition and from your hydration as well but also a, a good chance to take care of yourself, I guess, from the other side of things and make sure um, your body's always in the best position to perform and we're not, we're not pushing things too hard. Um, and of course, uh, uh, Nick and the team are, are going to be the people to make sure that you're, um, you're getting the right stuff um, on the other end as well. But that's really, really what you're going to get from us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm Ethan, um, a dietitian, obviously. Um, yeah. And I, as Luke kind of touched on, I've got an interest in endurance sports as well. I've done a little bit of endurance sports myself, sort of stepped into that world, I guess, done a few marathons, a half Ironman, and I've got an Ironman in March now, which is both scary and exciting. So yeah, I have a little bit of experience um, personally as well in this um, field, as well as being a dietitian. And you've got the, uh, the, the much appreciated experience of jumping in for a VO2 max test uh, the other week as well. So these boys are all over it uh, in, terms of, in terms of understanding where we come from. I think we, we sort of align pretty well. So we just want to take everyone through a couple of key topics today around the nutrition side of things here, particularly when we've got some great dietitians with us to, to go a bit deeper, um, largely on the pre-event or pre-race side of things a big uh, big area that we find uh, we can get some improvement in and I want to start with uh, race week fueling or ultimately just fueling in general leading up to your event so the days prior maybe even the week or week and a half prior 
Um, things like carbohydrate loading and food, good and bad foods that we, we should be having or things that we should maybe be avoiding. Um, Ethan, do you want to just touch on, I guess, some general principles around how should we set up? Let's say we're at a 70.3 or an Ironman triathlete or, or maybe a, a, an ultra distance runner. What are we trying to get in in that race week to make sure that we've got enough fuel for us to get in and, and perform at our best? Yeah, so really, um, I guess this comes down to carb loading. Um, so it's recommended about 24 to 72 hours prior to the race. I kind of think that 24 hours is leaving it a little bit too late um, and probably more recommend the 48 to 72 hours. Um, in this sort of window, you want to be getting about 8 to 12 grams uh, per kilogram of carbohydrates. So what that might look like if you're an 80 kilogram person, you might want to hit snack bang in the middle and get 10 grams per kilogram and that will leave you at carbohydrates for the day uh, for that 24 hour period. Um, there used to be, when carb loading first came out, they used to say you have to deplete your um, carbohydrate intake um, and then you'll become more sensitive and take up the carbohydrates. But we now know that that's not necessary. Um, may actually be not, uh, may actually be detrimental, not only not beneficial, but maybe detrimental. Um, so there's no point depleting yourself of carbohydrates, just keeping a regular diet. And then in that last two to three days, really loading up on the carbohydrates. Uh, this will basically give us more energy as we have more glycogen stores stored within us, um, which will give us yeah more energy to use in a race. Um, yeah, you will gain a couple of kilos. Um, but it's just important to know this is all right. This is not going to harm our performance. It's going to better our performance because this is the extra energy we are storing. Um, and yes, you might look a little bit bloated as well, but again, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> however, though, you may be making yourself have a little bit more GI discomfort or getting a little bit too bloated by consuming foods that are high in fiber. So a lot of carbohydrates and fiber... Um, they kind of, some of them go hand in hand, right? Um, things like vegetables are quite high in fiber. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, a lot of your carbohydrate dishes will be quite high in fiber. Um, but there <clears throat> are some ways to minimize it by just trying to manage that fiber intake. And you can have some foods that are low GI and low in fiber. So just things like basmati rice um, and pasta. Um, but you can also have some high GI sources and these can be really easy ways to get in that extra carbohydrates um, because you will be consuming a lot. Uh, so these could be things like fruit juice, sports drinks, even things like maple syrup on your breakfast, um, honey, jam, white bread. Um, the amount of fiber that's going to be stuck in our gut, giving us that GI discomfort um, while still adding to our energy stores. Um, in terms of, I guess, did you want me to touch on a little bit more pre-race. I think we'll, we'll come we'll come back to immediately pre-race in a, in a bit, but I really like the point there around um, being like obviously some of those good the good things that we want to get in, like you mentioned, things like the vegetables and that that have got um, normally some really good stuff in there, but the fiber aspect being a really critical one, and maybe like I guess the term that comes to mind uh, that does sometimes get thrown around and, and a lot of people pro have probably heard of it, but probably not sure what it exactly means, but the FODMAP term, like quite often you sort of hear that flown around. Is that, is that what we're talking about here with that sort of reducing the fiber aspect? Uh, not particularly. Or not quite. Uh, 
No, not not quite. Um, if you're not, I guess, intolerant to FODMAPs, um, most people won't be, then uh, you'll be fine with that. But it's just about adding that extra load because there is a lot of fiber. So basically it means you'll be running to the toilet, I guess, a lot more than you're used to because you're increasing the carbohydrate intake so much. So you've got to be mindful of things that maybe contain a lot of fiber. So things like even rolled oats, for instance, that will contain a lot of fiber. Um, yeah, and your fruit and veggies will contain a lot of fiber. But obviously these, these foods are all fantastic and we want to be eating them. We want to be eating them, you know, whilst we're training um, to the same level as a regular person. Um, but it's just those last two or three days when we're carb loading where we want to be conscious of it and we want to reduce the amount we have so there's not so much, um, I guess, fiber stored in those uh, GI upset symptoms. Yeah, cool. So I guess main main takeaway on on uh, leading into the race is be mindful of be mindful of the fiber, but still get the good stuff in when you when you can. It's just obviously just finding that balance compared to uh, normal normal circumstance. I know you you quickly mentioned there, uh, and and hopefully uh, neither neither of us cut out too too much um, for the rest of the podcast a little bit. But you quickly touched on bloating. I know that popped up um, just before with what you said. Do you want to maybe touch on maybe Luke? You can start coming in on here from a, I guess, follow up part to this in terms of the hydration piece and making sure that yes, obviously we're getting the fuel in, the energy we need, but we still need to be able to hydrate. But th there is that little bit of bloating that can occur when we do things like carbohydrate loading. You both of you are jumping away in on on one how to manage that, and I guess how do we identify is that maybe two. I guess at what point is it is it too too much bloating? Are we taking on too much fluid? Are we are we sort of getting that balance wrong? And then and then maybe even leading towards more so the race side of things. What would we prefer? Do we how how hydrated do we want to be? Is overhydrating worse than underhydrating? Um, where do we sort of sit on then the I guess the fluid side of things in combination with the with the fuel intake? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean. If I can separate hydration in terms of just simple fluid and uh, your electrolytes, particularly sodium, from the carbohydrate aspect first. Uh, as we were, we were sort of discussing, <clears throat> your hydration needs are going to be really individual for your person. It's going to depend on a lot of things. Um, in terms of leading up to the race, we're not too worried about uh, loading up on hydration like we would be carbohydrates as much. So we're just trying to uh, drink to a, a normal amount. Now, there's a lot of discourse about how much fluid we actually need in a day at the moment. Of course, we get lots of our fluid through foods and carbohydrate foods are particularly rich sources of, of water. Um, but we pretty much a normal amount that you would you would want to drink is perfectly fine leading up to it. Um, on the day or, or leading into the race, the sort of uh, four to six hours before, which I understand can be quite difficult because lots of our enduro events are going to start very early in the morning. So we may not have an amazing chance to really get the fluid in that we would like before a race. Um, but really the things that you're thinking about in terms of uh, the things that are going to affect how much fluid you're going to need pre-race pre and then into the race, um, what temperature is it going to be? How much do you actually sweat? Getting some, um, getting some testing done or even literally just knowing from your training how much you sweat is really important. Um, 
how how sort of intense we're we're going obviously if it's a race we're probably we're probably going pretty hard at it but if it's something like a triathlon you're probably going to have different needs um and, and different sweat losses in, in each of your different legs um you the duration of the event obviously is really important and uh an interesting one too is altitude so depending on where we are doing our event uh how high up or or towards sea level we are that can, that can influence your, uh, your fluid intake as well. So we just want to think about those few things. Um, in terms of pre-race, pre sometimes people will want to load up with some, um, some more hydrating liquids, some electrolyte-containing liquids, some sodium-containing liquid. Um, and that can, be, that can be a good idea if you are someone who does quite, uh, sweat quite a lot, uh, but it's not always necessary. And it's certainly not necessary or practical to replace all of your fluid losses within a race either. Um, so that's not really a, an aim that we're going to have. Uh, but I guess over, over the course, and we'll, we'll get into post-race maybe later, maybe not, but over the course of the sort of four to six hours following the race, um, we're really going to want to try and replace more than more than what we've lost with that that hydrating fluid. Um, so with your electrolyte fluid as well as water. That's a bit of a run through of I guess pre, during, and, and post race what we're gonna what we're gonna look at with yeah, um, hydration. Before before we jump, I guess to the maybe back on that that bloating side of things we're talking about the fluid retention from carbon intake. Interesting, you sort of touched on there like. Would, would I be, would it be fair to say then that in the lead up, it's important obviously to be getting that fluid in, but are you then almost a bit more conscious about during and post hydration compared to, I guess, pre, not, not going overboard in the pre, but then during the race, making sure you're getting, as, I guess, as much as you can. Obviously, like you said, you're not going to be able to replace everything during, but it probably post hydration sounds like, I guess, the most critical and a bit more mapped out of, well, we've lost a, a fair amount here or we've, we've lost less than normal. Like let's really dial in what we're trying to put back in from a recovery sense. Yes, yeah, certainly. So pre-race, you, you're definitely going to get performance losses from under hydrating, but you're also going to get performance losses from over hydrating too. So that sort of natural amount that we might drink that we feel really comfortable with, uh, and that's going to be di different from person to person, but that's really what we're what we're going to aim for. And and we'd have a detailed conversation with you about what that looks like on a day to day, um, so that we can really get a target. If you're someone who's really meticulous, who wants to know down to the mill or or pretty close to, then we make sure we have that target for you, so you can be that little bit more meticulous about it. But some people might be like, eh. Some days I drink two liters, some days I drink three liters, and really it depends on a whole bunch of different stuff I'm not really aware of. And if that's you. That's kind of okay too. But certainly during the race, we really want to make sure that we have a good hydration plan going in. And something that Ethan might touch on in just a second is combining your hydration with your carbohydrates. So you're being as efficient as possible as you can be with what you're consuming in the race, but also then not overdoing it with the, the bloating side of things or the, the GI discomfort side of things. But yes, 100%, Nick, after the race, we're really going to have a plan of how you can replete because that's going to help with your recovery. And really, that's the most important thing we can do to make sure that, you know, in the, in the longer term or if you're doing a series or if you've got, you know, repeated legs over multiple days, that we've got the best chance of, of getting the proper performance that we need out of yourself in, in sort of those multi-day or sort of um, lead up events. And also, even if it's just a one a standoff event, you want to make sure that your body's in a position to get back to 
you know, where you want to be, whether that be a rest break or whether that be back into training as soon as you can. And hydration is a really important part of that. Absolutely. And, and I guess the, the bit that, that also stands out here, as much as we've had a bit of a, a pre-race or during race focus in, in this chat so far, I think for a lot of, lot of the, uh, the athletes listening in terms of leading up to some of these bigger events, you're going to be going out and doing big training sessions, or you might go and do, as you said, like mm. a lead up race and you might have to back it up next week or, or even as early as the following day, it, it, getting this stuff right in your training is also just as important, particularly, particularly if you're one of those athletes who's going out and, by nature of your program you need to go and do a five or a six hour bike or you need to go out and do that big um couple of hours of run uh the, the following day it's yeah, we, we need to be able to recover up so we can get the training stimulus right absolutely but then after these big events it doesn't mean we can we can necessarily switch all this off and, and not have to worry about it. it's like we still need to recover up because i'm sure most endurance athletes will know there's always another event around the corner at some point in time it's it's just a case of when so um either, do you want to do you want to touch on then on the, on that combining hydration with carbs how, how can we sort of get that right how can we sort of minimize some of that floating aspect um and really like how do we sort of balance it all out so we're getting all the stuff we need but we're, we're just really minimizing the negatives that might might come with getting that balance wrong yeah so um i guess do you mean the last couple of hours here before the training uh sorry before the event yeah, so I think maybe if you want to start maybe with, like you said before, with the carb loading side of things, like the, the couple of, I guess, the 72 or less hours pre-race and then maybe even leading into, if that if that then flows into uh, the couple of hours before and then obviously into the race, so a bit of a progression of getting getting these balanced up together. So when we are trying to increase those carbs, uh, get that carb loading going 24, 48, 72 hours prior, how do we make sure we get the balance right there? But then... Ultimately, we don't, we don't want to we don't want to let the ball drop with the with a couple of hours to go before we get in. So, I guess a bit of a process through that time period. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically, it's you will get a little bit bloated, um, but to yeah minimize that, it's like I was talking about before, trying to minimize the amount of fiber you intake, but also what Luke kind of touched on there, which is making sure you're not overhydrating um, before the race either. Um, just drink into those sort of normal comfort levels where I guess you're not overly focused on hydration, but you're also, you're remembering to drink, but just drinking like normal um, in those couple of days leading up to the race, that can really, I guess, help minimize that bloating there. Um, yeah, I guess in terms of the second part of the question, which was talking about um, before a race, Ideally, you'd have a meal about three to four hours before the race um, or event. Um, but obviously, this is kind of difficult in a lot of these races starting very early in the morning. So if we're talking that two hours before, we want to get something that's decently light, but something that's going to give us the energy. So we're thinking of uh, foods that are high in carbohydrates, but low in fat and moderate to low in fiber. So the high in carbohydrates is going to give us that energy and the low in fats and moderate to low in fiber will help minimize that GI discomfort. Um, with the carbohydrates here, we're also talking about the high GI carbohydrates here. So these are the carbohydrates that are going to give us that really quick energy release and be easily digested and use the energy very quickly. Um, so we can think of snacks such as a jam sandwich with white bread. Again, foods that we wouldn't always recommend um, as part of, I guess, your normal diet 
but just before race, these sort of things are ideal. We're also talking about things like um, bananas or even some oat bars might be appropriate here, but things that are really easily digestible to give us that energy. Um, another consideration as part of your, um, and then this will also have, make you have to consider about hydration again, is you might want to take some sort of caffeine intake just before the race. Now, caffeine has a um, peak of about 60 minutes. Again, it does differ for everyone. Um, but this can be really effective in giving a glycogen sparing effect. Um, so this is where we, we use less percentage of glycogen, which is our most readily and easily utilized um, fuel source. So we use less of that at the start, but we use more of it towards the end where we need it, thus giving us more energy towards the end of the race. Um, how much you need, again, is all dependent. Um, and it's something that you wouldn't do unless you've tried it in training, of course. Um, and this goes back, I guess, all the way to those three, four days before the race. You want to be almost minimizing the amount of caffeine you have if you usually take caffeine. Um, so then you become more sensitive towards the caffeine intake that you will have on race day. Um, but obviously, what we know about caffeine is it can be a bit of a diuretic. So we can lose some hydration here. So then making sure to replenish that with some sort of sports drink or water before the race as well is important here. Yeah, cool. So I guess in, in, ter in terms of that, some really, some really handy tips on a couple of different, different options there. I, just while I think of it with the, you mentioned obviously the higher, higher GI carbs pre um, being a little bit more, um, and things that are easily digestible, things like that. Any thoughts from, I guess, either of you on, on this side of things with athletes taking gels immediately prior to particularly a longer distance event, I'm sort of looking at here, maybe um, if, we, if we talk about something like an Ironman or a, a 70.3 where they're going to be out there for probably four, four and a half hours plus, uh, at least for most age groupers, um, popping a gel just before they jump into the swim. Any I guess, is there any negative? And, and in some cases, probably uh, they might be taking a, a caffeinated gel potentially as well. Uh, are there any negatives or positives associated with that? Is it a bit of a, a bit of a myth that if you if you take it, it's gonna it's gonna spike all your other responses, or and it's sort of I guess burn through your carbs too quick, or the other way around? That is it gonna have minimal effect? Any any thoughts on that side? No, so I I, so I sort of think um, a gel is a great source of hydro carbohydrates just before the race. Um, I know for me personally and for some other athletes who, especially if they're in those longer events, such as like an Ironman, the only bad thing would be things like flavor fatigue. Like when I'm out there running in that last leg, I don't really want another gel. So I'm not going to want a gel in the morning. I'm going to have something that I guess I can eat as being real. If you don't have that problem, then go for it. Gels or sports drinks, they are fantastic sources of those high-GI carbohydrates that's going to give you the energy to be able to perform. Yeah, I would really second that. I guess we'd love some uh, quote-unquote real food in um, before, before that gel as well. So some of the options Ethan was talking about um, in terms of those high GI food sources, sort of 90 to 120 minutes before. But if you feel like you need something extra and you've, you've practiced it within training, but you have that little bit extra, whether it's a gel or a chew or a, a bit more of a, a sports drink um, pre, like just before the race, 
then um, absolutely go for it. Nick, you, you mentioned, um, and this is kind of a bit, bit sideways, but you mentioned before that, that term FODMAP. Um, and I just wanted to point out to everyone listening that all of those options that Ethan listed, those high-grade carbohydrate options, they're moderate to higher FODMAP, but they're also lower fiber. So I just wanted to separate those terms for your listeners just quickly, because um, you can get, you can definitely get those low, lower fiber foods, high GI carbohydrate foods um, that are that are higher, a higher FODMAP. And it, unless you've got a sensitivity or an intolerance to those things, it's not going to matter. I just thought I'd pop that in real quick while I was talking. Yeah, perfect. I think good, really good distinction uh, distinction to make there. Um, but, but particularly, and I threw that the, the FODMAP term out before because it is one that I guess gets thrown around a little bit and maybe sometimes and potentially even, even sort of ourselves in the past, like not really sure what that means. Is it associated with fiber? Like you see the F at the start, things like that. But great distinction there um, to, to make. And I think, yeah, give, I love that point on something like a gel, like it, that can't substitute. If you've got the time to go and have a breakfast a couple of hours before, it sounds like that's probably your best, your best option to get, um, get your source and get some quote unquote, like you said, real food in um, to also hopefully delay some of that flavor fatigue. Um, and, and I mean, I don't think anyone, uh, I think everyone would agree that taking, taking 10, 12, 14 gels throughout a race potentially is, is, uh, is not fun at the best of times. And, and so if we can, if we can minimize and delay how many we have to take, um, because we've, we've done some of the, the right things earlier on, whether that be the, the days leading in or, or immediately on race morning, for example, I definitely think that's, uh, that's going to be a good option. Um, any other, I guess, rounding out thoughts predominantly on our chat here around, and we might have to get you back on the podcast to do a more recovery focused, I guess, conversation and maybe even a during race. Cause I, I know there's so much that we could talk about and, and go back and forth around different options, but with this sort of pre predominantly pre-race focus, any other final thoughts that are really big ticket items that you'd want to throw out before we finish up? Um. Yeah, no, I guess the, just the, I guess, number one rule is to don't try anything on race day that you haven't tried before. So yeah, don't try, don't try anything in those couple of hours leading up to the race that you haven't tried before. Make sure you do trial it in training. And it's even not a bad idea to trial the carb loading in a lead up event before your, I guess, your big event that you're targeting. Um, just so you're used to it and you can really, um know your individual preferences and Luke, yeah, any, sure. any final thoughts yep um just on that that uh carb loading side of things uh i'll second ethan really important to give that a go um and have a good plan going into you know that that targeted race or whatever um but just a quick side note on on rest and um and sleep um something that i've seen in the past is people go really hard and then they have this gi discomfort and it actually impacts on their like many other aspects of their lead up um in, including sleep and rest which you know, obviously we know are really important things before we go and dive into a, a big race so um doing that and just seconding what ethan said doing that uh that test run of the carb loading um and of your you know your your pre-race plan and um, whether it be at a, at another event or just at a, another time with a, you know, a similar, um, a similar training load as to what you're, what you're going to be racing or a higher training load. If you never quite get there because you're doing something, you know, that's really just in race, 
super important to make sure it doesn't impact other aspects of your preparation as well. And working with us, um, that's something that we can really have a discussion with personally around how this affects you um, and how we can modify your nutrition, your carb load, your whatever it might be to make sure that we're still able to hit um, hit the points that we need to in other aspects of your preparation as well. Yeah, perfect. And I think that's a that's a perfect segue to uh, to give our listeners a bit of an insight on where they can can get in contact. And we'll obviously leave some uh, leave some notes in the description of the podcast, and we'll, we'll send uh, send everything out uh, to our to our email list uh, as well for those who are, are signed up. But Luke, do you just want to give us a quick rundown of where where can where can people find you? Social media. What, what's the best way uh, to get in contact? Yep. So um, we're on Facebook and Instagram, um, Active Health Clinic underscore AU. Um, we, you know, you can get in touch by um, by calling the clinic, obviously, and, and Nick, I'll give you all of those details. But um, but uh, you can also email um, Ethan and I as well. Um, we're just down the road in Blackburn, so not far from Nets, and um, and we're able to do um, a service like in person, obviously, but also on telehealth. So Ethan and I have patients um, and clients around the country, um, and I see some people overseas as well, which is really cool. So it doesn't matter where you are, um, you can always get in touch with us and um, and being you know, in dietetics and nutrition, it's not like we're necessarily doing testing or anything in person. Um, there's nothing really we can't do apart from maybe try, um, trial some supplements and stuff um, on, online compared to in person. Um, so if that's a better option for you, then we're always able to make that happen as well. Perfect. We'll make sure we get all those details uh, details through to everyone. Like I said, have a look down in the description below this podcast. We'll be able to see all the ways you can get in contact with the guys. Appreciate you both coming on and having a chat. Uh, like I said, I think we'll definitely have to tee up another time uh, to go through all the in-race and then maybe even a, a, a recovery one, almost like a mini-series uh, at some point to cover off all those questions because I, I know uh, plenty of people will sort of are obviously really hyper-focused on that in-race in and then the recovery aspect. But uh, as we said at the very beginning, I think the pre-race stuff is, is also super critical to just set it all up, uh, particularly when we are spending a lot of time training and preparing for these events. So... Thanks again, guys. Appreciate you jumping on and we'll look forward to, uh, we'll have a chat soon. No worries. Thanks, Nick. And uh, enjoy your day, bro. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, podcast. Nick from Mets here. Hopefully you enjoyed another great episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast. If you want to keep up to date with any future episodes we produce, other content we create here, or just anything that's happening in the lab here in general, be sure to click the link below. Sign up to our weekly updates. We're going to receive some absolute gold in terms of what's happening in the lab, what are we seeing and observing, and also some of our old content as well that you might have missed to further understand the science behind endurance performance. So if you are interested, make sure you do click the link below, sign up for those weekly updates, and head over to our social media as well. Follow us along at Instagram, at Mets Performance. Head over to Facebook. We have a great YouTube channel as well. Be sure to check out all of our great content that is already up there, but also some of the great stuff that is coming soon. Thanks again. Be sure to share the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed another episode and we'll see you in the next one.